During your wedding, you will have a ton of photos taken of you. For some people, this can be very nerve-wracking if they're self-conscious about their appearance, including their smile. And let's be honest, your smile is in almost every single photo of you. So if you don't have good teeth, this can be a problem. On today's episode, we're talking about your teeth and how to make sure your smile looks its very best on the wedding day. And even if you're not getting married, we're still going to talk about some important items and busting some myths about dental hygiene. So make sure you listen until the end. Now let's get to today's interview. You're listening to Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, owner of Verb Event Co., a company whose mission is to help couples enjoy planning the contemporary, sophisticated wedding they've always imagined. Together with other wedding industry experts, we reveal the crucial details and industry secrets that will help you plan and enjoy your flawless heirloom occasion. So pop your favorite champagne because we have a wedding to plan. Welcome to today's very special episode of Ask the Planner Podcast. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, and today we're talking about teeth. More specifically, how to get your teeth and smile ready for the big day. Today's guest is my good friend, orthodontist, fellow Gary V fan, and the reason I started this whole podcast, Dr. Jim Gleason of Gleason Orthodontics. So let's read Jim's bio really, really fast. Dr. Jim Gleason was 16 years old when he decided to become an orthodontist and has never looked back. He attended the University at Buffalo for his undergrad degree, dental school, and orthodontic residency program. He moved to Rochester, New York in 2009, where he partnered with Dr. Lou Gallo for five years before buying the practice in 2014. Dr. Gleason has gone to great lengths to make sure that your experience at his practice is unlike any other medical or dental office you have been to. Guys, this is so true. I love going there. Love reading all of the posters all over the office. He likes to describe his office as being heart-centered and kindness forward and strives to make each visit the very best part of your day. Very true. He lives in Penfield with his wife, Vicki, and kids, Jack and Emmy. Outside of work, he enjoys delicious food, anything having to do with fitness, reading, listening to podcasts, and the perpetual drive for personal development. Guys, please help me welcome to the show, Dr. Jim Gleason. Jim, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm happy to be here too. A little bit nervous, but I'm happy. <laughs> I know it took some coercing to get you on this show, but I think it's going <laughs> to be a really good conversation and so helpful for all of our listeners. Okay, before we get into the interview, I read your bio at the top of the episode, but can you tell our guests a little bit more about yourself and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Well, the part about wanting to be an orthodontist since I was 16 was true, but I actually wanted to be some form of a doctor since I was five. I remember. My dad, my dad came home with this book. It was one of those encyclopedias that you buy volume by volume, and it was Charlie Brown version for kids. The first volume was Charlie Brown featuring your body. So like I learned everything I could about like the human body starting in kindergarten. And I, at one point I wanted to be a pediatrician. I wanted to go into family medicine. And when I was in high school, I was kind of set on being an anesthesiologist. And then we did a program where we got to intern with different professions during the summer. So they put me in the OR. And the number one reason why I did not like being an anesthesiologist because your patients are asleep the whole time. <laughs> so, so I was in the OR for about six weeks. And they said, you know, someone else wants to go into the OR. Would you mind relinquishing your spot? And I'm like, get me out of here. Like, that's, <laughs> this, this is not my jam. So, so they put me with an orthodontist instead. And I finished up the program. And I was like, this is awesome. People, you get to talk to people all day long. You get to help, you know, there were, I mean, I, I was a teenager at the time, so I, I got to see the transformation that people were going through. I actually never had braces myself, so, <laughs> which, which, which my wife thinks is a travesty. You don't know the pain but, but that we yeah. have to go through. <laughs> I don't, I don't. One, one day I will, I'm sure. I'll do some aligners on myself. <laughs> But yeah, I, I remember coming out of, of that experience going, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. So, you know, I figured out what I had to do. I, you have to go to undergrad, then you have to go to dental school, then you got to go to residency. So, so I came out of my residency in 2008, moved to Rochester in 2009. And if you ever want to start an orthodontic practice, the height of the <laughs> greatest recession we've seen <laughs> in a long time is a, is a wonderful time because there is no place to go but up. <laughs> And I partnered with Dr. Lou Gallo. He kind of brought me into his practice. 
he was kind of just winding down his practice. So it was great. I got to learn from him and he got to have some new life brought into his office. And then in 2014, I, I bought him out. And that's when I kind of really got to put my own you know, spin on the place, got to redecorate, fill it with new technology and just really just put my mark on it. Well, I love that. And I feel like not because I didn't know this, that you did not know you wanted to go into orthodontics until, you know, a little bit later, but I feel like it is such a good fit for your personality and just like how you're very positive and all your social media is just very like about, you know, like your confidence and it's like helping people and just like creating this wonderful atmosphere of motivation and like just positive thinking. And I'm just like, it just fits you as a person. And then just like the transformation that you help patients go through, you know, with their smile and their comp and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it makes so much sense. And I feel like you just are in like the right spot for sure. I try. I try. There's, there's still a part of me that does this job for like the 15 year old me that had zero self-confidence that was afraid of being in front of people. 15 year old me would never be on a podcast. (laughs) I think you would not be on a podcast either (laughs) because of all the coaxing (laughs) I had to do to get you on. (laughs) But yeah, I, you know, just uh, like I had zero self-confidence and a lot of it did have to do with my physical appearance. And like I said, I never had braces, but if somebody could have done something for me back then, just to tell me like, you're, you're worth it to give me some sort of confidence, I would have loved it. And it's not just teenagers that, that I do it for, because obviously we do a lot of treatment on, on adults as well. But just to bestow that on somebody else, to help bring it to them, it's just, it's magical. I love it. All right. Okay. Before I start crying on this podcast, (laughs) we're going to get into the actual meat of the conversation. Okay. So today we're talking about teeth. Like I said, I wanted to bring you on this show because I wanted to get Invisalign for my teeth or aligners. And I know that some brides and grooms might also be considering this for their wedding, also vendors in the, you know, in the industry. So I wanted to give them the lowdown on what to expect, what to look out for. I had had no idea what I was what I was getting into when I said yes, let's do this. You know, I know my sister, she got she did one of those like online things before she got married. I was like, oh, you know, like this is definitely something that people are considering. So let's talk about this on the podcast. I don't think most people know what they're getting into. <laughs> which which is totally fine. I I hear people tell me that all the time. So now what I've got it's you have to strike the right balance between setting their expectations and not scaring them. So so, like I tell everybody, your first day is going to be the toughest. Your mouth is one of the most sensitive environments in your body. When I go out to breakfast with my kids, we love going to Steve's Original Diner. And I'm like, ooh, they have the fancy jelly here. So I'm going to get like the strawberry, the raspberry. And I get one of those stinking raspberry seeds stuck in my teeth. And it's the tiniest thing ever. And don't you know it drives me nuts, even though it's the time. Now imagine putting braces on somebody or putting attachments on their teeth and throwing these aligners in. It's a big change. People aren't expecting it. So I let them know, like, it's going to be a big change for you, but it's not always going to be that way. You can get used to almost anything. It's just going to take a couple of days. Okay, so first let's start with the basics. And because I feel like, you know, this is what we say there is Invisalign. I know that's the brand name, but it's not, I feel like a lot of people just like say Invisalign or even braces, but what should we be calling it if it's not Invisalign since that, like, not everyone has Invisalign and I'm not even explaining it correctly. So Invisalign started in 1997 and when you start something, you know, you get an intellectual property patent for, for 20 years. So about five years ago, all these other aligner companies started flooding the landscape. So, so now the best thing is really probably just to call it like clear aligner therapy. I used Invisalign for, for a long time. I switched a couple of years ago to a company called Spark just because I like their software better, but I also like the plastic that they use a little bit better. I actually get choices into what rigidity of plastic I would like, whereas Invisalign only offers one. But Invisalign 
clearly pioneered the field, but there are a bunch of other companies that that have jumped in, companies that were doing braces before. So, you know, like companies, you know, like 3M, they do adhesives. Little did you know, they also do braces. They're one of the biggest players in the space there. I had no idea. Um, So they have their own. Yeah, I know. Well, listen, you need to glue braces on with something and it's (laughs) adhesives. What also holds on, you know, tape. (laughs) So clear liners or clear liner therapy is probably the the best way to describe it. But if you go into any orthodontist office and and ask for Invisalign, they're going to know what you're talking about and they'll explain, you know, the difference to you. But, you know, in my mind, they're pretty much all the same. It doesn't make a difference which one your or you know, your dentist or your orthodontist uses. You're going to get great care with any of them. Okay. So before we get into more on like the Invisalign, so let's talk a little bit about Invisalign aligners and braces. What would make someone, if they're worried about their smile, choose clear aligners versus braces? Or is it more like an aesthetic scene? Like what is that process like? The first thing is that you will probably get a great result with braces or aligners. It really doesn't make a difference 95% of the time. There are some cases where braces will absolutely serve you better. And there are some where Invisalign or some sort of liner will serve you better. But for the most part, we'll do a great job for you. Timing, they tend to be pretty similar. Although I do find my aligner cases sometimes do finish up a little bit earlier. So the big thing I tell people is, Find something that's going to fit your lifestyle. With aligners, the biggest advantage is the fact that they're clear and you really can't tell that you have them in. Your dentist and your orthodontist love the fact that the hygiene is a whole lot easier and better with aligners. You brush and floss like you always did. But there's a compliance issue to it. If you have a job where you're sitting at a desk and you drink six or seven cups of coffee a day and you're just sitting there and you're sipping it, guess what? Your liners are not going to be in. You're either going to have to cut out that coffee or maybe braces is better for you. Braces are great. They've been around for over a hundred years, but they look like braces. We do have we do have clear options for braces that are that are ceramic, but you could still tell that they're braces, but you don't have to worry about taking them in and out. You do have to put a little bit more effort into brushing and flossing, um, which is imperative because you don't want to straighten your teeth and then have all these cavities all over them. So I think most people choose aligners because of the aesthetics of it, especially in the social media world that, that we're in now. If it looks better, a lot of people will think it's better. But don't get me wrong, you know, like especially my teenage patients, but some of my adult patients too, they love picking out their colors for their braces. It's a fun thing. You don't get to do that with aligners. <laughs> So it's just, you know, whatever one's going to fit you. So, yeah, because I thought that this was interesting because I saw a girl, you know, there's a mom at wrestling practice and she's like, oh, yeah, my daughter's on her like 55th week or whatever of aligners. And I was like, oh, I just assumed that adults were the ones that would get aligners and kids still get braces. Is that typical? Like how often, I know it depends on the cases and like the the kids and like the patient, but is that still? Typical or like lots of kids are getting aligners too? Teenagers, I don't know. A lot of teenagers get aligners. I think I think with teenagers, the biggest problem that they have is just their parents not trusting them with aligners. And I will tell you that I will tell you that my teenagers are just as good as my adults patients, and they're just as bad as my adult right, patients right. too. If you have a teenager who really you know, does not want braces and they're willing to wear aligners, they're going to wear them. And sometimes they don't do a great job and we take the attachments off and we convert them to braces. And then I have my adult patients who love to find excuses as to why they can't wear their aligners all the time. Oh, you know, I talked a little bit funny or I'm at work and I'm, I'm constantly eating or something like that. My adults will come up with excuses. My teenagers will just say, I just wasn't wearing them. <laughs> I didn't like them. That's hilarious. So we're kind of talking about this, and I did want to ask you, who is a bad or a good candidate for aligners? Like, we're kind of talking about it right now because there's the compliance issue. But if people are thinking, like, maybe I should go down this route of getting aligners, what would you tell them? Like, make sure, like, you need to know these things going into it, the compliance stuff. Or if that's not going to be a good fit for them, you know, like they need to know that too. There's a lot more responsibility on your plate if you are going to go into aligners. Granted, it's going to come with the big upside of nobody can tell that you're straightening your teeth. But with braces, they're glued on your teeth. 
and you can't do much about it. With aligners, aligners are great when they're in your mouth and they're working, but if they're sitting on, you know, on your desk or on your bedstand because you didn't put them in, they're not going to be doing anything. So I once had a chef come in and was wondering if, if they could eat with their aligners and because, you know, they're constantly chasing food. I was like, yeah, you really shouldn't do that. So braces are probably a better idea for you. But as far as case selection goes, you could do some extremely complicated things with aligners. And that old phrase, you know, are you a candidate for aligners is really, it's really a holdover from when Invisalign was in its infancy, you know, 20 years ago. And, you know, what did your cell phone look like 20 years ago? (laughs) It certainly wasn't, it certainly wasn't capable of what our phones do now. So, you know, back in the day, you know, in 2003, a lot of people weren't candidates for aligners, but now aligners can do so much. It's the technology has, has gone bonkers since then. You can do almost any case with aligners that you can do with braces. And there are some that I actually prefer to do with aligners instead of braces. So I feel like we kind of jumped into it a little bit more, but I think this was really good information. If people have no idea what we're talking about with what is an aligner, I feel like they understand probably what braces are. But if they don't know, what actually is this thing that you're putting in your mouth and how does it work? So an aligner is basically, well, we take a mold of your teeth, we take a digital scan, but they actually 3D print a model of your teeth. When we take a scan of somebody in my office, I then get something back that's called a ClinCheck. And it's basically a step-by-step process where I see what each stage is going to do to each tooth. And I go through and I move the teeth how I want. But they go and they subsequently print every single step on a 3D printer and they make an aligner off of that. So basically, with each aligner you have, it's going to move the teeth anywhere between a quarter and a half of a millimeter per aligner. And then you wear that for a week and the next aligner comes and it's going to push the tooth another quarter millimeter or another half a millimeter. And then you wear that for a week and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, eventually those quarter millimeters add up, but each aligner you have is, it's just an incremental change going from one aligner to the next, to the next, to the next, until you finally get to your, to your final destination. Okay. And then this, what the aligner is, guys, is basically like a tray, a clear tray that fits around or underneath your teeth or on top of your teeth, depending if it's like the top or bottom. And it just like molds your teeth. And then it's like this little shape that pushes it in a little direction. So let's talk a little bit about timeline because, again, I had no idea because I was like, you know, I was we were at dinner <laughs> with, with you and your wife. And I was complaining about this little tooth. The reason I got it, got aligners, guys, is because I had braces growing up. I had them from like fourth through sixth grade. And then back then, they're like, okay, you're done. Here's your retainer. Wear it for like a little bit. And then you're like, congrats. They didn't say, keep wearing your retainer. I don't know if I would have been that good about it, but I didn't. And so my bottom teeth shifted. And so like one tooth got in front of the other and it always, and I could tell like it's getting more and more and more. And I would have a really small mouth. So I get cavities. I am so good about my teeth. My husband is not. And I, (laughs) because I get cavities all the time and he has like cement teeth and he gets nothing. It's ridiculous. But anyways, so your wife was like, oh, yeah, just get the liners, just like what I did. It took like six months. Or I was like, okay, great. Let's do this. So I had no idea. And then I remember because I was talking about it with Mike and then you guys sat down to lunch and he was like, I think I'm going to surprise Des for Christmas and get her aligners. And you're like, she's been in the office. Like she's, she's basically signed the paperwork <laughs> and kind of took the wind out of his sails. But he told me, he was like, you said... Does she know it's going to take like nine or something months? And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, oh, I never even asked you what the process is like. And obviously each case is different. If people are thinking like, hey, I might want to do this. I might want to do this for the wedding. Like what is that timeline like? And when should people start thinking about it? Because obviously each case is different, but you know, how should they prepare? As soon as you get engaged, call me. (laughs) (laughs) And I would say that a a little tongue in cheek because, you know, some engagements are longer than others. But, you know, aligners can take anywhere between six months to two years, you know, depending on on the severity of the case. You know, if if we have to move the teeth a whole lot more, it's going to take a whole lot longer. So if you 
get engaged in January and you telling me that we're going to you know, get married in two years, cool. I got all the time in the world. I can do whatever. If you tell me that you're going to get married in the summer and your teeth are pretty messed up, then we're like, we're still going to do it, but we're going to focus on things that are probably going to make the pictures better right off the bat for you. And then you're going to get married and then you're going to come back into the office and we're going to finish things up. So it really just depends on how complex your case is as to how long it's going to be. But the more time we have, the better off we're going to be. Just just because if you have a more complex case, it might take longer. With aligners, it's great because we take off the attachments. You have your wedding. We put them back on. Even for braces, braces are the one thing that I do make the exception of, hey, listen, this is your wedding. You can't have braces on for these photos. We will take the braces off you. Get married. We will put the braces back on again. It's labor intensive, but it's your wedding. I love that you do that. That's amazing. I, feel like, well, I like didn't even think about that, but does everybody do that? Or are you like really cool and special and you do that for because you're awesome? <laughs> like, don't you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I would love to say it's just because I'm special. But, <laughs> but no, I, I don't do it for junior proms. I don't do it for senior photos. I just have too many patients to do that for. And it's too much time. Right. But with weddings, it's just it's just too special. So we'll do it. I think the interesting thing is like, so I've had mine since December and now it's April. So December, like it's been four months. I already see a significant difference in that lower where my teeth are. Like I feel like the whole like one hiding behind another is basically gone. But now it's just more the straightening of the teeth. So that's nice because like you were able to do a lot already. It's not finished, but... You know, if I if I was getting married, I'd be like, okay, like it's good enough right now, and we can keep working on it afterward too. But yeah, guys, if you are thinking about it, if you're engaged to be engaged, just go ahead and start that process. Because obviously, there's like a financial commitment. There's your time. You know, like finding the right orthodontist. Like, there's steps to it. So I feel like you know, earlier is is always better for this kind of situation. Okay, so I wanted to get into a little bit. I mentioned it before. Like I think my sister used something like Smile Direct Club. I hear a lot of commercials for bites. There's lots of online options. I don't we don't have to bash them or like, you know, talk on behalf of these places, but as an orthodontist, you know, if people are considering going to someone in person like you or going the online route, and you can't speak on behalf of these companies, but like, what are the pros and cons of doing something like that? Sure. So obviously, in general, orthodontists, the party line is we don't like those companies because they're not doctor directed. That being said, it does work for some people. Your sister was one of them. She never wore braces also, too, guys. So, like, I have no idea what the heck she needed to do because I was like, you didn't even need braces growing up. Like, what are you fixing? Like, I had something that needed to be fixed. I have no idea what she was doing. But anyways. So, a lot of orthodontists are going to tell you, don't do that. It's bad. You know, we're in an echo chamber. You know, when we talk to other orthodontists, and believe it or not, orthodontists have Facebook groups. We have a lot of them. We see the train wrecks. We see the cases where... Somebody absolutely, if there had been a doctor involved, they would have caught something. I've seen doctors post pictures of people that have lost their teeth, lost all of their teeth because they shouldn't, because there wasn't a human being standing between them and the aligner saying, if we do this, it's going to be dangerous for you. I've never had that walk into my office. Um, But like I said, there are some people it works fine for. And there are people where it just should never have happened and really, really bad things happened. So I get the allure of it. You never have to go anywhere. It's significantly cheaper because it's just a lab producing it. So, you know, I get it. But it is nice to have that doctor involved because there, there are people that I've told that I, I just won't treat you. Or, or especially adults, I have to send them to a periodontist who, who's a gum doctor. And I say, listen, if we start to move your teeth, we're going to cause all sorts of gum recession. That's not a problem as long as we either do something before treatment in order to, to address it or know that it's going to happen. And then we're going to have to go fix it with some sort of a gum or a bone graft afterwards. But if you're just dealing with you know, a website, you're not going to get that. Speaking of looking good, 
Today's episode is brought to you by Proven Skincare. I am so excited that Proven is a sponsor of our podcast. A couple of years ago, I started buying expensive skin creams instead of my drugstore face wash and moisturizer because my skin was looking a little rough. Literally, it looked rough on the surface. It never seemed hydrated and I was getting more and more wrinkles, but I had no idea what I needed and felt like I was throwing money away. That's why I love Proven. Proven created a personalized skincare routine that addressed my specific skin and its needs. I filled out a short questionnaire that asked me questions like, where do I live? Does my face feel tight when I get out of the shower? How much time do I spend in front of the screen? Important factors that affected the state of my skin. After using Proven's daily face wash, moisturizer, and night cream for only a couple of days, I kid you not, my face was visibly smoother. I couldn't stop looking at my face in the mirror. It was kind of bad. Even my husband saw a difference, and guys, he can't even tell when I cut my hair. Now I'm obsessed with Proven skincare and tell everyone about it, including you. Whether you're a bride or groom and you want to take extra good care of your skin so you're glowing from the inside out on your wedding day, or you're a regular person like me just trying to reverse the signs of aging, you need to use Proven. Visit ProvenSkincare.com and enter the code DESIREE for 20% off your purchase. Again, that's ProvenSkincare.com and enter the code DESIREE, that's D-E-S-I-R-E-E, to get 20% off your entire purchase at checkout. I'm scared thinking about it. So I went in. It was cool because you guys took like a little wand that took a photo of my teeth and you're like, you know, basically making the mold from that scan. And there was a lot of in-person attention. And she was like, oh, like it's not getting this part. Like I have to keep trying to like get this part to get the right mold. And so if someone is going that route and they're just, you know, getting the mold, I'm assuming, I have no idea, guys, but I'm assuming that they probably send you something, a kit, and then you make a mold of your teeth and then you send it back and then they decide whatever the liners are going to be, right? But there's not someone checking your progress because like, guys, my teeth are sore, not the whole time, but like I just got, so I just switched my new tray for like for this, whatever, I switched mine every two weeks and I just got these like two days ago and my teeth are definitely tender and sore. And so they're shifting around. So I feel like it's definitely something where like if if it's being moved around too much or there's not someone watching and making sure that everything else is fine, or like everything else is healthy or whatever, like it could be really bad. So anyways, guys, weigh the pros and cons of everything. And obviously like do your research if you're trying to go down that route. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about cost. And I know each patient and situation is going to be different. Again, you know, people, if they're like, I want to go down this route some more, what could they expect is like a starting price or what should they be thinking, you know, any kinds of numbers that people, you know, to make sure that they're okay? What is the investment? Yeah, so the way orthodontists charge our cases, it's basically based on complexity. If something's only going to take six months versus 24 months versus 36 months, it's basically billed separately. And I will say in most offices, aligners are generally going to cost more because there's there's a premium and there's there's a lab fee for the aligners themselves. The Invisalign lab fee can run up to $2,000 alone which is what your doctor is paying on your behalf. So compared to braces, when a doctor isn't paying that, they're usually going to have to pass that cost onto the consumer somehow. Now, in my practice, we don't charge anymore. Braces and aligners are the exact same price. And don't forget, like there is insurance that a lot of people have, and any orthodontist out there is going to offer you a payment plan. They, in general, don't charge interest and tend to spread payments over the cost of, you know, 24 months-ish. Our goal in general is to is to kind of keep your payments, you know, somewhere around what your cell phone bill is is usually that's comfortable for, for a lot of people. But like I said, going back to the beginning, it's usually based on complexity. So on the lower end, if you have something around six months, I would probably say, you know, anywhere around $3,000 is probably your, your entry point. If you're really complex, going up towards $7,000, but that's total out of pocket. Like I said, if you have insurance, it's going to be less than that. Your insurance could be anywhere from you know $750 to $3,000, depending on it. And then you know, after that, 
every orthodontist out there is making sure that you have some sort of payment plan. I always tell my my financial people in my office, I said, these people are just trying to do something nice either for themselves or for their kids. Say, don't make it hard for them. You know, if treatment's only going to take 12 months and we need to do financing over the course of 24 months because that's what's going to help them do something for their kid, just do it. I love it. You know, a lot of people are... Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of people are afraid of extending payments beyond the amount of treatment takes because they're afraid of getting, you know, stiffed on the remaining payments. I'm like, most people have integrity. They're not going to do that for you. So we work with people just to make sure that, you know, they can do something. Yeah. I do remember her saying that, you know, Dr. Leeson doesn't want the finances to be a roadblock for receiving treatment. Yeah. Never, never. You shouldn't have to make your healthcare decisions based on finances. Awesome. This is such a feel-good episode, guys. (laughs) (laughs) And we're talking about teeth. Okay. Are there any, because I feel like we've talked about a lot, and we're going to get into our listener questions in a second. Are there any other misconceptions that you wanted to bring up, or is there anything else that we should talk about before we start to wrap up our episode, or have we talked about everything? So we already covered that you're like you're not a candidate because you are. <laughs> if you have one orthodontist who says you're not, go to another orthodontist. I hear that all the time. A lot of the way that we treat is just the doctor's preferences. And there are doctors who will do things with aligners that I won't attempt. I see people all the time that come into my office that say, you know, oh, the other orthodontist told me that that I can't do aligners. I'm like, you sure as heck can do aligners. We're doing aligners for you. So just find somebody who's, who, who's willing to do it. So the other thing I would say is if you are researching aligners, you're going to go on their website and you're going to see these people that have, well, they always show pictures of people with straight teeth. And I'm like, no, no, no. You need to show the people with really crooked teeth. Exactly. <laughs> Look what they're aligners to do. People love a good before and after. <laughs> <laughs> but we are going to glue things to your teeth called attachments. They are tooth colored, but but you can't expect an aligner to be able to push and pull a tooth around the way it needs to be without being able to create some sort of a handle on that tooth. We still glue things to your teeth like we do with braces, but they just don't like to show you that on the aligner websites. So anyone who comes in, we have a model, we show them so that they're not getting picking up their aligner saying, what the heck are you doing? What are these things that feel, you know, what are these bumps on my teeth that feel a little bit weird? That's that's the biggest thing. I do send people to, you know, the Invisalign website. It's very educational, but just know it's still their marketing. They're putting it out there. There's a little pop propaganda involved. If you know that going in, you'll be okay. Totally makes sense. So when you're doing aligners, with braces, you have a bracket on all of your teeth. And I have like, I don't know, four maybe brackets on my teeth. Is that typical? Like you normally there's like, is there a certain number that you normally need or does it just depend on the case? Cause again, I think that's a pro for aligners is because I don't have a bracket on every single one of my teeth. It's like on a, only a couple, which obviously affects like how much is like the, you know, in your teeth and your mouth. I try to tell people between 12 and 16 is, is a good number. And I know that kind of sounds like a lot, but it, but we break the teeth into 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 four sections: you know, upper right, upper left, your lower right, lower left. So so if you think of there's you know three per quadrant, that's that's not so much. And I do try to keep them on the back teeth. Obviously, we do need them on the front teeth sometimes, and they really do blend in. But you know, I know I know people are worried about them, so so we try to help you know put them in the back teeth a little bit more. And hide them a little, a little bit. But if we're wearing rubber bands with with aligners, just like we're doing with braces, you need something to make sure that those elastics aren't pulling the aligners off the teeth, and you need something to hold them on there. So, but between twelve and sixteen is usually a good amount to assume that you will need. I have some that are far fewer, and I have some I have some that are more. Believe it or not. <laughs> and I think, like I remember, guys. So if you guys decide to get aligners, the first night, my teeth. It wasn't even the teeth. It wasn't even the, it was the aligner was like kind of cutting into my gum or like my, the inside of my mouth. And I was like, what have I done? I was like getting all of the feels from, you know, fourth grade when like my mouth was hurting. And I was like, oh my God, I made such a big mistake. And then the next day it was fine. I like ran out and bought like three things of wax. I was crying. I thought I made a mistake. But then the next day 
totally fine. Everything was fine. So if you go through that experience, I promise it won't be bad. You forget. But yeah. (laughs) I tell everybody that the first day is the hardest. Right. And you're like, why are you doing it before Christmas, Desiree? And I was like, I don't know. Again, because I clearly didn't know what I was getting into. But like I said, you you have to balance let them know what to expect versus not scaring them. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, started, I started aligners on a patient last week, and then she told me that she's going on a cruise this coming week. And I said, no, no, no. I said, don't, I said, don't do that to yourself. We glued all the attachments on. I was like, don't try to get a week in. And then, you know, try to be sitting by the pool with your pina colada, like taking my aligners out. I was like, just start when you come back. I was like, it's two, it's two weeks. This is a long process. Who cares if we finish two weeks later? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's get to our listener questions. Okay, so one person said, I have terrible teeth genetically. I get cavities all the time, even though I floss multiple times a day. Will I get more cavities because of aligners, because the trays are on my teeth? Any pointers for cavity-prone people? So this was me, because I'm like, you know, I get paranoid if I, you know, eat breakfast. I have to go back and brush my teeth again because I don't want to put the aligner on potentially food that was, you know, like stuck in my teeth. So for people that are worried about that, do people feel like they get more cavities because they have aligners or is it easier than braces, obviously, because you can brush more easily and floss more easily? I should say in my practice, I have never seen people get more cavities because of, of their aligners. It is true that if you are eating or drinking either with your aligners in or you're not brushing or flossing or doing something after you eat before you put your liners in that yes there 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 is a chance that that you will get more cavities one of the big reasons is you are trapping sugars and acids right against your teeth and the other is that you're preventing your saliva from getting to the teeth and kind of clearing that stuff out of there there are things that you can do to to mitigate it you might be you know you might not be able to get up at work and brush and floss your teeth because you know of the office that that you work at so you can rinse out with water a couple times. You can chew some gum with xylitol in it. Xylitol, it's a sugar in gum that the bacteria that the cavity-causing bacteria in your mouth actually prefer to the glucose and the, and the sucroses that cause cavities. Um, so you could chew that. It just helps you know clear any food away just from the sheer act of chewing, but also stimulates salivary flow. So I actually do that after after lunch as well. If you're looking for a good one, spry s p r y is a good one. There's another one that you can pick up at Wegmans called Zellies, Z-E-L-L-I-E-S. It, it was actually invented by a dentist in Rochester. Oh, cool. So yeah, but it's it's good for overall dental hygiene. But yeah, there's there's no reason why you should get more cavities because you have aligners. You just need to take that little extra step. Okay. So another question was, what is your opinion on mouthwash? Do you use it before you floss, after your brush? Mouthwash has less fluoride than toothpaste. So is it pointless? And should you just brush your teeth more? I feel like different dentists (laughs) have different opinions on mouthwash. And you're going to get a totally different opinion from me on it. So So I'm in this weird space where where I straddle the boundary between holistic care and I just love me some peer-reviewed science. So I actually don't like mouthwash myself. I, I personally don't use it, although I'll, I'll throw a caveat in there later. So your mouth has a microbiome just like any other part of your body. You know, like a, a lot of people think of your gut, but there are good bacteria in your mouth and there are bad bacteria. And hopefully the good keep the bad in check. But if you've ever taken an antibiotic and gotten sick because you've killed off the good bacteria along with the bad... Well, mouthwash does the same thing. So you will kill all the bacteria in your mouth by doing so. And, you know, the bad breath bacteria, yes, but also the ones that, that, are, that are, are healthy. So, so instead of using mouthwash, I personally use a dental probiotic, which is a little lozenge that I, that I suck on after I brush my teeth. And it just helps repopulate my mouth with the good bacteria. And the more good bacteria you have, they'll crowd out the bad bacteria if you really want to nerd out, there's a company called Bristle that you could Google and and they'll send you a kit to your house. I think it was about a hundred bucks. I did it just so I can do research for my patients. And they will actually culture the bacteria and tell you which ones you have. They will give you recommendations on how to mitigate the bad ones you have, help, help repopulate the good. 
I love this. I'm going to link to all of this in the show notes because clearly I care a lot about my teeth. We've had good times and bad times with my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> the one mouthwash that I do use from time to time, it's by a company called Risewell, and it's, it's, it's a xylitol mouthwash. Same thing, similar to the gum that I was talking about earlier. If you put xylitol in your mouth, even if there is sugar in there, the bacteria like that better than, than the sugar. So just less of a chance of you getting cavities there. And also I'm a fan of, I've switched myself and my family over to hydroxyapatite toothpaste, which is going to be more expensive. Risewell makes that too. There's another company called Boca that makes a really good ginger flavored one. That's B-O-K-A. And I like that because instead of fluoride, the hydroxyapatite is actually the material that your tooth is made out of. It can remineralize your teeth. You know, if, if there are any soft spots, it can put back into your tooth the same stuff that your tooth is made out of, as opposed to fluoride, which basically basically strengthens the tooth that is already there. But if the tooth is already weakened, it needs something else. So I do like the hydroxyapatite toothpaste as well instead of fluoride toothpaste. Oh my God, this is all fascinating. I can't wait to put, I'm going to follow up with you so we make sure we get everything correct in the show notes, but this is fascinating. (laughs) Okay, so now we're going to go into our last question. Somebody asked was, when is the best time to get your teeth whitened? And there's lots of new place, like new fangled things for teeth whitening. So do you, any recommendations for tooth whitening and how long that lasts and when people should do that? The one thing I should say about, about tooth whitening is if you do have fillings or crowns that are tooth colored, number one, those are not going to change color. So you, you know, especially if, let's say it's on one of your front teeth and all your teeth are the same color. Now you bleach them. You are going to have a tooth that remains that same color <laughs> and it might draw more attention to it. So the other thing I'll point out is, is, the, is the difference between whitening and bleaching. If you go to the store and you pick up a whitening toothpaste, chances are that it's just a little bit more abrasive than your regular toothpaste. And that's going to remove surface stains from your teeth. So, you know, coffee, tea, red wine, all leaves just a little bit of a a film on on your tooth. So so if you use a whitening toothpaste, it's kind of like if you were to power wash your house. The house is a lot cleaner. It's going to look a different color. Bleaching is when you use some sort of a a peroxide compound. It's basically the same stuff as like when you go and get your hair done. It's it's some sort of hydrogen peroxide, and it actually changes the color of your tooth. It permeates the enamel of your tooth. It breaks down the compounds that have the, the yellowish and brownish color to it and changes them into colorless compounds. So your teeth actually get whiter themselves as opposed to whitening, which, which just cleans off any stain that's, that's, that's on your teeth. So, but whitening, you can do anytime you can do crest white strips over the counter. If your teeth are crooked, that's a little bit tougher because there are certain teeth that won't make contact with the strips. And then you'll end up with the same thing. You'll end up with teeth that are, that just aren't the same color as the rest of them. You could do it during aligners if you want to, um, they, they, they do have a gel that you could put in your aligners, or there is a peroxide gel that you can put in your retainers after the fact. So straight teeth are always easier to bleach than crooked teeth are. And you can get whitening at your dentist. It's go, it's same thing, going back to the hair salon analogy, you could dye your hair at home, or you can go to the salon and get it done. The stuff that you get at the salon is going to be professional grade, and it's going to probably do a better job and a lot faster. You know, I can get up to like a 35% peroxide in my office where at the, where at the store, you're probably going to get something around seven. So you can do something over the course of a couple days in my office, as opposed to something that's going to take you two, three, four weeks at home. Good to know. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to do our last segment, which is this or that. So you're just going to tell us like really fast, either yes or no, or the answer. Don't think about it. Okay. What was your AOL screen name growing up, if you had one? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're going to laugh at me. It was Jim's Jim's Creek (laughs) because I was a huge fan of of the TV show Dawson's Creek. Listen, I I told you I was an awkward teenager. (laughs) (laughs) That might be the best one I've heard ever. (laughs) <laughs> I saw, I think it was like James Vanderbeek. He had 
he had like a TikTok reel or something like that. And he was at like some Airbnb and the property had 90s icons in a puzzle. And he was like, oh, am I in this puzzle? And then he was like, mm, no. Oh, wait, here I am. So it was his like, it was like all yeah. these people's profiles and he showed his kids and they're like, cool. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. <laughs> okay. Next one. At weddings, kids or no kids? Kids. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's and it's the same thing at, at my office. It's just life, man. You know, like, it's like, I don't care if they're running around. Who cares? It's, it's fine. <laughs> I know. I think it's fun. It depends on the type of wedding, if they're going to have fun. But if they're going to have fun, I think it's fine. Yeah. Summer vacation or winter vacation? Oh, I want to go in winter to a place that feels like it's summer. Yes. No, I think that that was a good clarification (laughs) because we live in upstate New York. Um, Your choice, beer, wine, coffee, water, or cocktails? Ooh, coffee is my number one drink, although I only have one caffeinated cup a day, but I drink decaf throughout the day. After that, craft beer. Just starting to like wine, and yeah, I'm not. I'm not big on cocktails. I do like water. You know, you, you do have to hydrate, but but co- but coffee is my go-to. I'm not. I actually am surprised by that. Name someone you admire. Oh gosh, you know who I really love. I tell I I tell people that that this person is my spirit animal, Brene Brown. Oh. She is just. <laughs> I just love like if you if you don't know who Brene Brown is, Google her. I love her books. Every word that comes out of her mouth is just pure gold. In my book, she makes me feel like like everything she says is so so self evident. Like why didn't I know that beforehand? And it just makes me feel so good. Night owl or morning person? Oh, morning person. I'm I'm in bed by nine. I'm up at five every morning. And that was my next question. My last question is, what's your favorite way to work out since you're a fitness person? So I do so I do a combination of yoga. I do yoga about twice a week. I do spinning to, uh, about twice a week. I do strength training twice a week. And then my favorite out of all is once a week, I just go for like an hour, an hour and a half walk. I explore my neighborhood. I go places that I've never seen before. I see my neighborhood in ways that I've never seen. That's like my favorite. I, I don't even bring electronics along with me. I just walk. Well, Jim, it was so lovely talking to you. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Before we let you go, can you let our listeners know where to find you online? The website is just gleasonorthodontics.com. No relation to the Gleason Works in Rochester. But I, but I, I like to send people to to my social media, just at Gleason Ortho, Facebook or Instagram. If you send me a DM on Instagram, I am the one who responds. I do have someone in my office that helps me with Instagram, but I also do like to turn the camera on myself just so you can kind of see. I do like to get the vibe of like positivity out there. Actually, I post my my Feel Good Friday that I try to do weekly. So, but yeah, I I like to send people to my Instagram just because I really try to get a good message out there. So, and you really get an idea of what the personality of the office is, what kind of culture you're going to be, you know, expecting because we're not your typical dentist office. Perfect. We will make sure to link to everything in our show notes, which you can find online at verveventco.com forward slash 96. Thank you again, ladies and gentlemen, Jim Gleason of Gleason Orthodontics. Thanks for having me, Des. And that wraps up today's conversation with Jim Gleason of Gleason Orthodontics. Guys, I hope you enjoyed hearing from Jim and learned something from our conversation, whether it's that you are definitely worth it no matter what anyone says or doesn't say, whether it encourages you to do that thing that you've been wanting to do for yourself, or that, hey, there's still hope for you if you get a lot of cavities like me, there are other things out there that can try to help. Or we just answered your questions about clear aligners and braces. If you do decide to get aligners or braces and you live in upstate New York, Dr. Gleason is offering our listeners free teeth whitening after you finish your aligners. So just mention that you heard him on the Ask the Planner podcast when they ask you how you heard about them and they will add your teeth whitening for free. Yay. Thank you so much, Gleason Orthodontics, for taking care of our listeners. I'm totally going to do that. Also, I know I alluded to this in our interview, but I didn't really talk about it. So I wanted to kind of elaborate more on what made me start this podcast. 
way back when, when I first started my wedding planning company, Jim and I were friends and he gifted me the book, Crushing It by Gary Vaynerchuk. If you are an entrepreneur or you're just out there and you're not really sure what you want to do with your life, definitely check out that book. That book inspired me to think outside the box and to do something different. So I launched an Alexa flash briefing back in 2019. I published over 200 flash briefings and they were all wedding planning tips under three minutes. So kind of like a news broadcast super short and basically like you were listening to it while you're brushing your teeth or cleaning the kitchen. But I loved it. I didn't feel like I was connecting with my audience because it was literally like two minutes long and that was it. There was no conversation. So I decided to convert the show into a longer form podcast in 2021 and the rest is history, but all thanks to Jim. Now, if you want to know more or you have a question for Jim or me, please send us a DM on Instagram at Ask the Planner Podcast, or you can always call our wedding planning hotline at 585 210 3467. Again, that's 585 210 3467. And Jim and I are definitely going live for an office hours on Instagram together. That will be on Wednesday, April 26th at 9 p.m., which is our regular time. So watch out for that in our Instagram stories and set your reminders so you can remember to join us. For today's episode show notes, make sure you visit verveventco.com forward slash 96, and it'll make sure to link to all of the goodies and things that Jim and I talked about. Okay, now it's time for our review of the week. Today's review comes from T. Shabs. 21, who writes, simply amazing, five stars. The episodes don't disappoint, great range of topics, and some highly informative. It isn't just for couples looking to get married. Being in the industry, this helps give insight to the other crafts from the experts to gain more insight into our amazing industry. I completely agree with you, T-Shops 21. I want our podcast to be helpful for couples, but also for all of our vendors because there's so much to learn about what all of us does. And so I love learning about you guys and I hope that it helps us all do our jobs better. That wraps up today's episode. Coming up on the podcast, we are talking about what's next to do on your to-do list after you book all of your vendors because there's still a lot of stuff to do, what to do now if your wedding is coming up this summer, wedding party and bridesmaid fashion, and of course our 100th episode will be our season three finale where Riley and Allie put me in the hot seat. So that's coming up near the end of May. For this week's question of the week, let me know what tea you want Allie and Riley to ask me and your wedding hot takes. So they're going to dive deep into all the whatever things that people want to know. But we're also starting a new Instagram series on unpopular opinions. And I want to hear what you hate. My first one is going to be a rant on opening presents at showers. I hate sitting through two hours of present opening where you're reading the card, you know, opening the envelope and taking forever. And I'm just, I'm just like, I can't, I don't want to. But I also don't love that idea of a sip and see where everything is unwrapped and people just walk around because I feel like it makes it all about the presence, but it definitely speeds up the present opening. So I am a little torn, but I would love to know what you guys love and hate, and we can talk about it on the podcast. That wraps up today's episode. I know today was definitely longer than normal, but I hope that you still enjoyed it and got a lot of information out of it. Thank you for sticking with me until the very end. Thank you again for letting me into your life and your earbuds or your commute to work or wherever you are. I love being with you each and every week. I'm so sad that season three is coming to an end, so we're going to make it the best possible. Have a wonderful week, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to Ask the Planner. To make sure you enjoy planning your heirloom occasion, visit asktheplannerpodcast.com where you'll find show notes and ways to connect with me. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so other couples can find the show and plan their flawless wedding just like you. 